What if we could transform the experience of being a woman chiropractor from one of constant stress and burnout, trying to juggle all the things to one of ease, energy, and thriving both in business and in life. I'm your host, Dr. Alex Swenson Ridley. I'm a woman DC who became one of the one in five chiropractors who burn out in practice by year seven. To the outside world, I achieved the financial and business success only 1% of the profession reaches. But the reality was it left me bruised and battered both emotionally and physically. Today, I help other women chiropractors revitalize their body and practice by stepping into their unique power and rewriting the rules so that they can thrive at home and in business. What we do is far too important for so many of us to struggle and burn out. And this show brings you the conversations, lessons, and permission to be you, redefine success, and transform the experience of being a female chiropractor. Let's dive in. Hello, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Alex. I'm excited to be joined today by Sabrina and Deborah from Chiro or Profit First for Chiropractors, I believe is your business name. Um, and we're having a conversation that I was sharing before we hit record. I wish I had known this earlier on in practice and not at the end of, you know, everything snowballing and me pivoting and doing all this stuff. So this is, you know, for us who feel overwhelmed by the finances of the business world or, and I didn't share with you guys when I first opened practice, I went into a bank to get a line of credit and they asked for my PL and balance sheet. And I just looked at the guy and was like, my what now? You know, <laughs> so we, we really, and I was someone who graduated with actually like a, a decent amount of entrepreneurial background. And I was like, okay, we missed some holes in school. Um, so I would love to know from both of you, like, and we'll get into what profit first is and, and kind of how it relates to the chiropractic world and how it can help you, you know, simplify finances and practice. I think that's really what it's about. But Sabrina, if you want to share a little of your journey towards this practice for, or profit first thing. Sure. So what you say, what you just said is what we hear almost every single time we talk to somebody new about profit first. Oh, I wish I had known about this, blah, blah, blah. So it's a very common story. And I think, um, as we were saying before, like a chiropractic school is just filled with being a chiropractor and you spend all your time learning how to be a chiropractor. And then it's like, you come out and you have to open a business and there's a huge hole there. Like, how do you, how do you run a business? How do you manage your finances? Because they don't even teach you how to manage your personal finances in school. Um, and I think it's just profit first just really simplifies it. And actually we got introduced by a couple of people in our spheres. One of my friends was like, oh, you have to read this book. And then a couple of months later, one of our clients was like, you better read this book because we want to implement it. So over Christmas break one year and several years ago, Deb and I were reading the book going as accountants wait, this makes no sense. Why can't you just read a PL? Like it's all the information's there. Why do we have to like turn it around and do all these random things and look at percentages and blah, blah, blah. And as you start to read the book more and more, you start to realize like, yeah, accounting, you understand it, but there's like that philosophy side of it that the book really brings. Um, how do you manage money? How do you look at your money? How do you feel about your money? Um, and when we got to the end of the book, we were like, we have to write one of these for chiropractors. And I think we were like, 
we joined Profit First. And then the first question we asked was, how do we write a book for profit for chiropractors? Because we were like, we know that our industry needs this. We've worked with chiropractors for years um, at our prior businesses and in the business we were in now. And we were like, they need to know this. Um, so that started our long journey to writing the book. And along the way, we worked with all different chiropractors, um, really, and interviewing people. If you read in the book, a lot of the stuff in the book, too, comes from interviews of chiropractors who are in a similar situation to you, Alex, where they've closed their practice. And they were like, if only I had known this, my life would have been different. Um, So it's just, it's a really interesting concept. And it's a really, it makes it fun. And I think that's one of the biggest things about Profit First is that finances are boring, dull at best, um, triggering, emotionally destroying, and just awful at the worst. And when things are good, nobody wants to look because things are good. And when things are bad, nobody wants to look because things are bad. And I think profit first really kind of levels that field for you. Yeah, I agree. One of the things that really kind of floored me and also made sense when I, so I've read the original book by uh, Mike, it's Michalowicz, I think, right? Um, Mm -hmm. The profit first book. And, you know, he presented this interesting argument of like in business from your P&L and your balance sheet, it's actually hard to really tell where your money is because on like, I always found on the balance sheet, it was like, Oh, you have like, you know, this much net worth or whatever. I'm like, well, where is it? <laughs> you know, I'm going in it and you really don't know until the end of the year when you do taxes, like here's what you made and here's what you, I'm like, but where's the profit that you think I have? Like what's, what's that really tied to? And so profit first, actually, you know, for those who are completely unfamiliar, it's like, you just start a profit. Account. And so you have like this set amount of money that you can see, and it's like that's the thing. Um, so maybe let's just break it down, like to assume that someone listening has absolutely no idea what this whole profit first thing means or what that looks like. Maybe you guys can help me break down the what is sure. it. So, in the simplest terms, profit first is basically like the envelope system that's pretty common in personal finance. So instead of just lumping all of your money in one checking account, which gets super confusing because money's coming in, money's going out, you don't really, there's no clarity around it. It's like the balance goes up, the balance goes down, but you have no idea why. Um, And it's really, there could be hundreds of transactions in any month. Um, So really figuring out what's causing changes is really hard. So when it comes to profit first, instead of using one checking account, we use five. So and each account has a dedicated purpose. So you have an income account, which the purpose is to collect all your income. You have a profit account, which the purpose is to collect your profit. An owner's comp or an owner's compensation. So that's to pay the owner the what they're due for what they what services they provide a tax account so that you're prepared to pay for taxes at the end of the year. And then last but not least, the operating expense account. So that's where you would pay all of your bills from. So when it really just helps really show where your money's going and what is the purpose of each dollar that you're generating. 
Yeah. It, when I finally set it up, which it's probably been a couple of years now, actually, but it was like, I think you become more aware. So I know, and especially, I think women do this more than men actually live just like, you know, hands off. I don't, we don't necessarily, and this is that I'm going to get into like off on a tangent here, but in the world of patriarchy that we've all grown up in, you know, women didn't even, they, we couldn't open a checking account with a, on our own until like 1961, I think is when, you know, or apply for a credit card without a man attached to it. So there's just been this like aversion to money, finances, understanding it, like being really good at what we do with our money, how we grow our money, any of that. And so I really like Profit First for the aspect that it helped me look at things regularly because you can, you know, you can choose how often you move money from your income account into your mm-hmm. other accounts yeah. and it yeah. helps you track that. What you're saying is true also because what Sabrina just went over with those five accounts, the big advantage you have is without knowing anything about accounting, without worrying about all of that, if you look at your income account, that shows you your revenue, how much revenue you're doing. So if you look at your monthly bank statements on a monthly basis, you'd see the trend in your practice. You'd know if things were starting to go down or if they were going up, whether you need more people or less people. Uh, on the uh, OPEX account, you would know if your expenses are varying too much in any given month or did something happen that you didn't expect. So just those two accounts alone give you that information. When you started, I mean, one of the common complaints we hear is people go, five accounts, I don't want to open up five accounts. The the reason for it is it it really makes life simpler. The hard part is just opening them up, but it's one day. Uh, Did you find that a challenge to open up your five accounts? I'm just curious, like, how was your reaction to that? Yeah. So initially um, I did, and I actually, I'm going to put in a plug that I have absolutely no affiliation to whatsoever, but, and I don't know if you guys have heard of this. I found a bank called Relay Financial and they are set up to do profit first. And so opening those five checking accounts is super simple and you can get virtual debit cards for, you know, anyone that you want. And I was like, oh, so when I first did it though, I was going through a local credit union and they were really confused. And so I had to work with like someone, I'm in Alaska. So I had to work with someone in Anchorage, uh, which is like 350 miles away from me to like figure it out at the branch headquarters and whatever, but they did it. And so that, that was good, but it could bring some level of confusion. So like, if anyone's considering this, like you both nodded at Relay Financial. So like just Relay Financial, <laughs> it's set up to handle this that makes it super simple. Um, yeah, they're current. They just launched in April as like the official bank of Profit First. So yeah, it definitely makes it a lot easier. And we use a small bank here. And I had made some comment that I wanted another checking account. And they were like, you mean a savings account? Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, I want a checking account. Yeah, so it, it requires some education, but it seems like enough of the business world is catching on to this that there's now banking solutions that you know mm-hmm. that shouldn't be a, a roadblock. And since you're bringing this up, Deborah, I'm curious, you know, for those who are in practice and maybe have a like high six figure, seven figure monstrosity like I did, how do you recommend going about implementing this kind of system? Like, how do you how do you make the transition? Do you just dive all in? Do you like do it slowly. gradually. Yeah, slowly. One, we yeah. obviously recommend you get the Profit First for Chiropractic book. It's on Amazon. So definitely right. it's an easy read and it gives you a lot of information. And as Sabrina mentioned, uh, we did interview, we spent a year and a half interviewing doctors. So we covered 
every different type of scenario. We didn't want to just take our experience, uh, which we've been involved in chiropractic for over 20 years. So we didn't want to take our experience. We wanted to also get experience from different types of chiropractors. And just what you said, some people want that seven-figure business and some people think they want that seven-figure business. <laughs> and, you know, you have to find out. And, you know, that's the first part. Understand what you're looking for understand what your goal. Sabrina is always telling me we got to, you know, that's such an important part of it. And, you know, once you get that under control, you know what you're looking for, and then you start to implement and you do it slowly. You know, there's a whole press mythology and you just do it slowly. Start with just one account, the profit account, put 1% in. That's where we always say to start because it's good to start to see you can actually start to begin to accumulate wealth. And that's what we're trying yeah. to do. And I think it brings up a, a good point too. Like, you know, I built a big practice, but honestly, our profit margin was, you know, well, we broke even basically. You know, I think at one point I had like 20K saved up in an account. Um, but because overhead, and this is a problem with chiropractic offices, is a lot of us get into these practices that have super high overhead and we break even, but we don't really have flexibility or room to grow, or we don't know how much we can pay somebody. And so we have all this, you know, chaos and craziness with paying associates crap. And I think profit first is a solution that brings all that in. And so no matter what size you practice, the real question is, is it profitable? And profit first starts to actually have you tangibly like answer that question. (laughs) Right too. And also along with profits, is your practice paying you for the time and services that you're providing? Like, okay, I can build a seven figure practice and then I show up and I I get paid half of what my associates get paid or I get paid the same, but I work twice as much. So, and I think profit first by breaking it down into these huge chunks like profit tax owners comp and uh, owners compensation and opex you don't get lost in the weeds i think sometimes as business owners we get lost so lost in the weeds of the individual transactions and the the day-to-day individual things we forget to like look at as an overarching thing like how is my practice performing on a global big scale these are the four biggest pieces of your practice, the four biggest expenses of your practice. I don't really, I mean, once we identify there be a problem, you should get into the weeds. But like to start with, look at at it from the top view to see where you are there. And then from there, determine what your next move is. That's good advice. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Because otherwise you're too busy looking at, well, this expense over here is $5 more than it was last month. When in reality, your problem is like over there and it has nothing to do with this $5 expense. (laughs) Yeah. And that, you know, that brings in another thing of like values based decision-making. And Mm -hmm. I'm actually working through something on that right now. And like we get caught into, there's so many shiny objects and I know I got caught up in the having to present a certain image and the technology and the stuff that a hundred thousand dollars later, like, did I really need it? Did it like improve the experience of my patients? No, <laughs> for many, a lot of it, I'm thinking of Cairo touch here. Like a lot of it, it made it 10 times worse and I hated it and we hated it. And it was like this horrible experience that cost a lot of money. And so I think like when you're, 
more engaged in your finances and where your money is actually going, you start to take ownership of those things more and really make decisions that are aligned with you. Yeah, and I think that's key what you just said, you take ownership. And I think that's a big thing that makes a big difference. And you can see it when we work with our clients, the clients who really take ownership and set their goals and set priorities. They're the ones who are moving the needle. And there's other clients of ours that we have that they show up. They they act like they're there, but nothing really ever changes because they don't have that sense of ownership or or pride or connection yeah. to the actions they're taking. What were their goals? They don't know exactly what they're trying to achieve. So if you don't know where you're trying to go, you just never end up anyplace. You just come in, yeah. work really hard, put in a lot of time, a lot of physical strength, a lot of mental stress. And at the end of the day, you go, I'm too tired. I'll look at it tomorrow. But then tomorrow doesn't come. So, you know, the simple approach of profit first really allows you to actually take control of your business without making profit first be another chore in your life. All you have to do is look at your phone, look at your checkbook balances, and you know where you are. Follow the rhythm. It's simple. And don't try to overthink it. Just do exactly what it says. And you'll be amazed, which, you know, if you've experienced straight hand, Dr. Alex, so you know exactly what we're saying. And that's it's always fun for us to hear somebody uh, who's done it and is like enjoying it and making it work and worked for them. And so it's been a yeah. pleasure. To be- yeah. There's a concept which I didn't get from Profit First. I can't remember if he talked about it and maybe you guys talk about it in your book, but you know, around creating a money ritual. And I'm, I missed this boat when I was like at the height of practice and I wish I'd had it, but love like having time set aside and you make it fun and like you drink your favorite, you know, something that makes you feel good and you get to look at your money. And with Profit First, like that can be the day that you move money around. And it's like, ooh, look at all, like it's, you know, there's a lot of fun in it that I think was definitely missing from you know a lot of us just look at the books with like stress and like i'm confused or i need my accountant to figure this out for me whereas this is just like oh imagine that look at that yeah i think that's one of the biggest things that profit first brings which ties back to what i was saying with the philosophy of money it makes it more fun it's like a game rather than a chore yeah and it really forces the mindset of innovation versus scarcity. So nobody really wants to look at their bank and keep thinking, I don't have enough. And that just like kind of reinforces negativeness rather than what Profit First really says is, okay, all right, so maybe your account's low. Maybe it's not what you want it to be. But what innovative thing can we come up with so that it gets to be where we want to go. Like, you know, the, I think Mike told in a story in the book, uh, UPS stopped turning left. Left t- left turns waste a ton of gas, time, and energy. So don't turn left anymore. Well, what other things can you do in your practice that'll do, like, change that? One of the practices we worked with was trying to schedule and be super convenient for the patient. And they realized it was taking them as long to check out the patient as the patient was in the office for treatment. And they were like, well, this has got to stop. The patients don't want to spend 50 minutes here because it's 20 minutes to get their appointment done and 20 minutes to check out and schedule the next appointment. So, and that was creating a lot of backup in the front desk. So it really kind of forces you to look at your practice differently. Yeah. And I think looking at it from both sides of the coin right it's like it's about our experience as the owner and 
practice like we have way too many hats that we wear in practice but it's our experience in like, those hats as well as you know the experience of, of who we're serving and a lot of times it's if we can increase their experience and ours it has to be you know meshed together but this is a tool that allows you to do that and has a direct impact on your income and finances <laughs> all of that yeah exactly yeah so i'm oh, oh go ahead um I was shifting gears a little bit. So if you had one more thought, go ahead. And, okay. I'm curious because this was in the Profit First book. And again, I, this was like hindsight is 2020. So when I had 12 employees, <laughs> you know, I would hire people and not really know, like just assume that, yeah, we can support this. And like, they're going to, a lot of, I had seven providers. So like the provider will bring in more income and it'll be great. And then I read Profit First and I'm just curious for any practices that are, you know, heavy in staff or, or employing people, do we ever do a sixth account that's for staff pay? Because I really look at this as like, especially if you're considering hiring an associate, start an account and start funding it and see what you have available. But maybe I'm totally off base here. So I'm curious how you how you guys would approach that because I see this comment a lot in groups that I'm in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we talk about that in the book. Um, We do recommend if you're going to hire an associate to open another account and start funding it. It gives you a little bit of a cushion because Mm -hmm. anybody that you hire is never going to come in and be 100% productive day one. Right. Not going to happen. So if you give yourself some cushion, it gives you, takes the pressure off of you for trying to get this associate up and running. And you also know that your practice can support it. That's the other big thing. Um, so that'll give you a little bit of breathing room and some support and give you that time that you need to get started. Well, supporting the associate is really critical because too many times people bring in an associate and they don't know how to, they don't really know how to pay them. They just know what the market is saying they need to pay them. So therefore they'll come up with an agreement that works for the associate and then six months later, the doctor's making less money than they made before, and it's not a good thing for them. And then that cycle begins over and over again, where if you really understand what you have and you, as Sabrina said, you know, take three months. Can you afford to pay somebody for three months? Can you put that away? Then you'll know, one, you can actually make it work, but also, two, uh, have really good ideas of how you're going to come up with that compensation so it works for you and it works for them. And if that if you're successful at it and people that we've worked with who have been successful, it just flourishes and it goes on and on. And they're with them for long periods of time and they're not constantly turning over because it takes a lot of time to train an associate, get your patients, your clients set up and accepting them. And you want it to be a good relationship. So uh yeah, having that becomes I think that's one of the biggest questions people have. Like what do I yeah. have to pay? You know, what, what do I do? How do I do this? You know, what's my compensation plan to keep somebody attracted and motivated to want to make the practice succeed? They have to feel that this is the right place for them to be, not just a stepping stone to something else. Right. Um, it's definitely a challenge. It's a, a big piece of good pl- financial planning. Yeah. And I love that just because I think one of the big fears I know I had is, like owner and then doctors, like I hit hit a point where I was ready to hire an associate, but I had no idea what I was doing or how to structure that. And, you know, like what, yeah. Or when, or like what we could actually support. And, you know, I muddled through it, but again, it was one of those things that kept me 
breaking even and not actually profitable. So mm-hmm. I think that's a big difference. And you don't have to have a high volume practice in order to be profitable either. You can have profit mm-hmm. with a small business and do better than you would if it was huge. That's the other thing. Yeah, with us. profit first really works for that small business also because you know a lot of times there's points in a woman's career where you may be looking to actually have more time might be more of a value to you right now than money. That does happen. Uh, so then you want to have the right practice for you. Uh, and Or you might decide to go a little different way and say, I'm going to build this practice. I'm going to have these staff working for me. And I'm going to be doing everything I did before. But unless you clearly identify what you're trying to accomplish and then understand your numbers to know what you can afford to pay, because if you start a lot of many times, I'm not going to say all the time, many times when we look at financials for a practice that has associates, unless it's done correctly, the owner, the owner always outperforms the associates. I've, I've never seen, and maybe just my limited experience, but I've never seen an associate outperform the owner. It's always the other way around. And then when you really get down to it and you really show the numbers, most doctors are a shock to find out that they actually pay their associates more per func- per actual productive hour than they get paid. And then you start to realize, well, I didn't put this together right. And there is a right way, but it's not always as obvious. And you have to really get into it and you can you can put together a good plan. And that would be another whole, maybe one day we'll do another podcast just on how to compensate staff because it's a whole process. Yeah, it's important. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So in this and just kind of I like to keep these shorter because, you know, so people can listen to them in one one sitting. Is there anything we haven't hit on that like as an introductory to profit first? You know, obviously, you guys have a book. I recommend everyone go get the book and I'll put a link in the show notes. But anything we haven't covered that. I think the biggest thing with Profit First is kind of what Deb was saying, that it works for any practice of any size, any length of practice. You could have opened your doors yesterday or you could have been in practice for 50 years. It doesn't matter. Since it's based on percentages and income levels, it'll fit any practice. We've had people who wrote us and said, I haven't even opened my practice yet. I want to start with Profit First today and get it up and running because they said it is not an option for me to not be profitable. And she said that in the world and that's what it was. It was not an option for her not to be profitable. Um, and we've had doctors that have come to us and been in practice for 25 years. It's all what you want it to be. You can make it be what you want it to be. You want to have more time, then modify the system so that the percentages meet what you need to have more time and you say, okay, well, you know what? Time is more important to me than money. I'm willing to hire somebody to take on some of my stuff. I still want to keep X dollar or X percentage in in profits, um, but I'm still going to manage to this. Whatever it is, you can manage to it by using percentages. And that's what I really like about it because it doesn't set any sort of revenue defining purpose or any revenue defining uh, targets. The revenue is what the revenue is. Your targets are all percentages. Yeah. And what's beautiful there is it makes any business profitable. And so, you know, I think we, especially in school, equate like success and profitability with 
see more people and like build this bigger thing. And that's not the answer. It doesn't have to be. Um, and so it's about building what you want with a profit margin, which is amazing. Yeah, exactly. It's all, it's all what you want, not what somebody else wants. Yeah. Which is the problem we all have in practice, I think. <laughs> I, think that's looks a, like... <laughs> I think that's the most people thing. Most of us don't know what we want. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And and then, and, you know, one thing we left out that probably is worth bringing up is I think one of the things that makes it work also is, you know, when Mike came up with this concept, he realized that reward was important. Mm-hmm. So he has mm-hmm. his quarterly review. It's not just let's look at the numbers as a quarterly review. You get to take a portion of the profits you have and do something in your home yeah. life that you want to do. And that's yeah. that's a fun, that makes that piece a lot more enjoyable than I'm going to look, sit down and just see how I did. Uh, so it, it also is a motivator because if you were just putting money in a profit account, never to use it, you would eventually find that it gets, you know, what am I doing it for? Right. So I think his concept of taking 50% of what's in that profit account on a quarterly basis and do something with it, either for your family. I know some people who never had a profit before took that money and went on a trip that they had been promising. Uh, someone else redid their bathroom. Uh, someone else put it back into their practice because they had always wanted to expand a little and now they had a little extra money to do that. And you still have that reserve in there for profit. So your company always has a base. So no matter what happens in the world, you still have a base that you don't have to worry about tomorrow. So if you couldn't see patients, I mean, we all went through the pandemic not too long ago and everybody Mm -hmm. absorbed it differently. But I know our clients who were using profit first it was not an issue for them. They already they didn't get that tension because they knew they already had a reserve in there. They could withstand, you know, any weight. And so that made a big difference. So I think it gives you a power and a financial freedom. And that's really, you know, when Sabrina and I started to do this and writing the book was fun, but not that much fun. Uh, there were fun <laughs> parts, but there were many times we got on the phone and said, why are we, why do we do this? Like, our life was nice before we started this book it took a lot longer a lot lot longer than we thought we thought we were gonna oh pound it out in no time uh but it was it was tough at times and trying to figure out the right thing but why do you do it and i think it really comes down to um you know a personal reason you have to have a personal goal for everything I, i think that's what motivates you so sabrina and i both had our own personal chiropractic story that impacted our lives. And I won't you know, bore everybody with it here, but we've had that experience. So we dedicated a good portion of our life, always working with chiropractors, helping them get further. When we came across this, we said, we have to bring this to the chiropractic profession, which Sabrina started with. And we just felt that here's a profession that has so much to offer. They provide such a great value for so many people and can change the way people handle so many things in their life. And yet, if they're not financially profitable, they can't get that message out the way they should because they have, they don't have any big person supporting and touting them all over and saying, this is where you need to go. Uh, they have to bring in their business. You know, chiropractors are constantly thinking about how do I attract new patients? 
Fin- yeah. But having profit first gives you that financial freedom and that financial profit you need to actually be able to implement what you want to implement without fear and really be the chiropractor you want to be for your community. We want a chiropractor to know having profits isn't a bad thing. You know, yeah. it's like profits do not interfere with your purpose. Profits actually enhance your purpose. So if anybody walks away with anything, I was sitting here, you asked that question, what should they leave with? Profit first is great, but if you, if you walk away with just, if you don't even put profit first in and you walk away and say, you know what? Profits fulfill my purpose. That's how I'm going to reach my purpose. Then you already went one step further because too many people are uncomfortable to say, I want to make a profit and they need to. Yeah. I think that's huge. And I was actually thinking through like all the money conversation. I've been working on my relationship with money for two years two years now. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of layers. And for those listening, you know, we're very, as chiropractors, we're empathetic. We just want to serve everybody. A lot of times we have a hard time charging. We have issues charging what we're worth. Money is power. And to really, just as you said, just to get our, and not in like a negative overbearing, you know, crazy, tyrannical way, but there's the exchange of money is actually energy. And so the more power and energy we have in that realm than the bigger impact that we can have on the world. So I'll just echo what you said, Deborah. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's a good place to end. So where can, I know the book is on Amazon. I'll put a link in the show notes, but anywhere else that people can go to connect with you if they want to learn more, or ask questions, kind of get insight in doing this in their practice. Uh, you can go to our website, profitfirstchiro.com. Awesome. And I will also put that in the show notes, but profitfirstchiro.com is pretty easy to spell, I think. So <laughs> that should, should take everyone there. Well, ladies, thank you so much for joining me and just having this conversation. As I said, when I reached out to you, I was going to talk about it anyway. So it's more fun to do it with people who know it and understand it really well. But I appreciate you. Well, thank you. Appreciate you inviting us. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. I'm on a mission to help the chiropractic profession heal collectively from the limiting beliefs and broken business models that plague our profession and lead to high rates of burnout. I also believe that women are the ones who are going to do that. I can't do it alone, and so I have two quick asks. One, if you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to leave a review and share it with a colleague. This helps the message reach even more women DCs around the world. And second, if you're a Facebook user, Join me in the Chiropractors Healing Collective, which is a place for us to come together for more support and to heal both as individuals and as a group. There we engage in discussion and many of these episodes are actually streamed live so that you can participate and share and get support around many of the topics that we discuss on the show. I appreciate you and I look forward to joining you on our next episode. 